Welcome to the Unsophisticated Palate, a podcast about all things wine, beer, and spirits. Join us each week as we drink and delve into different alcohol-related topics. I'm Mark. I'm Andy. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. Cheers. Thank you for having me. Mm. Thank you for coming on. I greatly appreciate it. We're here at Barsidious Brewing. Barsidious Brewing in Lebanon, Oregon, yes, sir. In Lebanon, Oregon. And we've got eight or so uh, taster beers in front of us which we'll be kind of tasting our way through as, as we're going here. We may discuss a few of them. I'm hoping that I didn't mix these up right now. Um, <laughs> I don't think I did. I'm trying to remember. No, I think I think we're still good in, in order with our, our, our uh, names of what the different ones are. <laughs> um, and so we're, and, and today we're just going to kind of talk a little bit. We'll talk a little bit about what you're doing, which I'm excited about, and mm-hmm. uh, uh, talk a little bit about what we're drinking and just uh, alcohol in general and, and have some fun. Absolutely. That's what alcohol is all about, right? Yeah, it really is. I think, um, and I've, I've talked about that. I think in the uh, in the past is that um, it, it's kind of like I mean, as long as you manage it responsibly. There you go. Yes. You know, it's really it gives you a chance to relax a little bit, have a good conversation, and, and just have a good time. It's like the mathematician once told me: never drink and drive. Yeah, <laughs> the mathematician told you that. Mm-hmm. That was a wise mathematician. <laughs> just a few of your your listeners are going to get that. But that's okay. That's okay. okay. I'm well, sticking with it. I'm going to say I didn't get that. So <laughs> <laughs> Deriving equations. Oh, okay. All right, there you go. Yep, now I got it. Now Goodness got gracious. It. Okay. I should have stayed at home. No, no. I, I, that was actually, that was beautiful. <laughs> um, and I wish I, I, I had gotten that the first time. But that's okay because uh, a lot of, most of life goes over my head. So we're gold. The beauty is the beer is not going over your head today. Not at all. This is delicious, by the way. I um, mm-hmm. want to thank uh, Barsidious Brewing in Lebanon, Oregon, for having us here today. Uh, they're hosting us in this back room. Is it, would you call it a back room? It's, well, it's a stage area. It's, yeah, a little stage music area back here. Bill, the owner, came through with a clutch. Um, let me know that uh, we'd be able to record back here. And really appreciated that. And the added bonus of getting to drink some of their incredible beers, of course. And they're delicious. I mean, I, we had a taster as we were trying to decide which of the first that, or which of the first eight, which of the eight. <laughs> first eight, I like that. <laughs> well, you never know. <laughs> uh, which of the eight we were going to sample because we kind of got the, the little sampler pack uh, going here. I love doing the flights of beers, by the way, especially in newer places like this. It, it gives you a chance to kind of sample everything that they have um, and, and really experience it all. Uh, but as that, we had a taste, and as soon as I had that first taste, that was the Orange Blossom X, mm-hmm. uh, I knew I was going to be very happy here. This was going to be a good recording and, and a good place to record. Delicious beers. Yeah, yeah, really good beers. I'm very impressed with this little brewery. And their space is actually a lot of fun. I mean, walking into the front room, they've got a, or the, the tasting room, you know, they got a, a loft in there, and they do a full lineup of food. And again, they have the stage in the back. Um, my show has actually been invited to come and do a stage, um, little, little, you know, live podcast oh, thing. That's exciting. I haven't done it yet because I don't actually have the local phone, which is bizarre, right? Yeah. Well, let me know. I'll be here. <laughs> I'll come down. You'll have me. <laughs> you, you can relate to that though, right? Because you picked up some listeners just recently in, what'd you say, Germany? Yeah, Germany, uh, England. Uh, we're, we've got a couple international uh, listeners now. So shout out to exciting. those folks. Yeah, yeah definitely. Um, if I knew how to, to say hello the proper way and not offend anybody, I would. Yeah, so we'll just say, talk. there you go. Yeah. So I'll just say hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, but let's talk a little bit about what you're doing. Um, well, actually, no, let's, let's take a quick step backwards because um, 
uh, Andy. You're with, uh, actually met you through the Pardon My Fork podcast, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, which is a great, I've mentioned on this one before, it's a kind of a great pairing to ours. We're talking about drinks here and you talk about food. You've had several experts on. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And world food champions and we've had a couple of Food Network stars and, and we really try to bring an eclectic quality to the show. You know, somebody, um, actually I should have asked you when this episode was going to go out, but they're going to be able to hear episodes from uh, French cheese expert. They're going to be able to hear from uh, actually a, a whole lineup of World Food Champs. We're able to have five of the ten finalists for the World Food Championships on our show. Just kind of boom, boom, boom in succession. That was very cool, very educational. And uh, yeah, we have a lot of fun over there. Food is kind of a passion for me. And of course, I'm talking to you today because uh, I am starting a new show called Barrel Age Podcast. Yes. And that is really because I was trying to do a little bit of alcohol-related stuff in the part of my fork. Mm -hmm. Because beer, wine, spirits, they're, they're a part of food. They come from food. They're part of the food scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. So, you usually, I mean, sometimes you'll have a drink by itself, but... Most of the time, you're eating something while you're imbibing. And wine is a perfect example of that, right? Yeah. 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 So I wanted to start this alcohol-related show because it just feels like it's such a... The, the two definitely can come together, but it just feels like it's such a large topic that it needs, it needs something in and of itself. And, you know, that's the beauty of podcasting, Mark, because I listen to your show, and I love it, and... There's not really going to be competition between you and I. You're doing something that brings your knowledge and experience, not just that, but the knowledge and experience of the experts you're having on, brewers and winemakers. Uh, you're, you're having them on to share their knowledge in your own unique way. And that's just kind of the thing that I love about podcasts. It's like there's not a limited pie. Yeah. You know? Less I than agree. half of the country even knows what a podcast is. <laughs> and I think the stats are something like, a tenth of the country. Yeah, I think I've listens. seen something similar. Yeah, very yeah. similar. But growing rapidly. Growing rapidly, but it's also kind of almost our duty, isn't it, to bring that quality content for people to discover. Oh, I agree, which is why, and I started with Pardon My Fork, which you've got going now, and I definitely want to talk about Barrel Age um, because I'm excited. I mean, that's, again, it, as my listeners know, I'm on a journey. I'm trying to learn and, and gain more knowledge. And that's just another way, another place I can go. Uh, and I'm looking forward to these episodes coming out. I'm looking forward to everything you've got to share in there. Because I've heard uh, you had the Moonshine uh, Distillery on. Yeah, yeah, Marcote Distilling, yeah. That was on Pardon My Fork, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. And so, and that was a great episode that I really enjoyed. So I'm assuming you're taking something similar to this? To yes. Barrel Age? Yes, most definitely. We've had, because this is actually my third podcast that I'm starting now. <laughs> I can't believe I'm saying that. Wow. Yeah. But <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like that. It's addictive, right? <laughs> yeah, it's addictive. But, man, you, you reach this certain level where you're like, this is another underserved area. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I'm trying to get my cousin to start an overlanding podcast because I feel it's a very underserved area, especially in the Pacific Northwest. But th that's neither here nor there. The, the point is, I just, you get an extra, you, you get different listeners for these episodes is the thing. My food episodes, they have different listenership than my booze episodes. Mm -hmm. Or when I had my first show, my car episodes. You're, you're calling to a different 
section of, uh, of the population. And while all three of those things are very important and interesting to me, they're not important and interesting to a person who may want to hear one component, but not the rest of it. Yeah. And so being able to break those all down into their individual components, you know, you and I, we aren't like doing specifically Scotch whiskeys. We're not specifically doing Kentucky bourbons, which a lot of people do, by the way. Mm -hmm. And quite frankly, we'd probably be more successful at podcasting if we did that. But (laughs) we're doing something that we want to do. And if people can come along that journey with us, then then that's important, right? Yeah. No, it's all about the journey. It's all about learning. And and I think if, uh, and I agree, we probably might, uh, you know, hit that niche and, and really be a little, you know, more successful if we drove down into that. But I think for me, it's like, you know, Kentucky bourbon is delicious. Mm-hmm. Scotch, I love a good scotch. Wine, I love wine. I mean, when I first envisioned this podcast, almost the thought was, let me focus on wine. But I, I realized, like, no, there's so much more out there. And I want to know more about that. If I was a Kentucky bourbon aficionado, then right. yes, that's a podcast I want to listen to. If I just want to learn more about, as I, I kind of, been saying uh, lately, it's just kind of what's coming out. What's in my glass, right? I just want to know about this beer that I'm drinking today. Is it an ale, a lager? What does that mean? Um, what is an IPA? What is, you know? If I just want to know a little bit more about what I'm drinking, so I can have an intelligent conversation about it, uh, or even just be part of the conversation, right? Right. Um, and so I think that's what I'm going for. And it sounds like that's again in in a different way what you're going for. And, and definitely there's there's space for so much out there. So. I'm excited. I'm looking forward to When is it, that one, uh, the barrel age, when is that release? So we don't have a hard, fast date yet. I'm estimating it's going to be about three weeks. We had a little bit of a setback. Uh, our original title was not barrel age podcast. It was something different, but I hadn't released any episodes yet. And so someone else came along and titled their podcast, the same as mine, but with a the at the front. And so I was kind of scrambling going, well, now what do I do? I already owned the name on all of the podcast sites. I had uh, the website, social media, but just that person adding the on the front and releasing their episodes before me means they're now going to be prioritized in front of me at all times. So my social media manager just said, listen, <laughs> you can either get them to change their name or you can change your own name. And so uh, after reaching out to them and not getting any contact back, I just decided that I was going to go with a different name. But now, you know, the changing of the logos buying the new website, rebuilding it, and all of that stuff, it's, uh, boy, it's time-consuming. Yeah, I can see where that would set you back just a little bit. I mean, not even, I know when I started this up, I didn't, I think, anticipate how much time goes into all of those details. Right, exactly. And that's why it's important to get something set and then go for it. Um, I think my biggest mistake was planning the podcast out and then waiting you know, four months before launching it. Because I've been accumulating interviews here and there. We're going to have some pretty big names on uh, Barrel Age Podcast. The director of Matured Stocks from Ardbeg, the only Baijiu distiller in the United States, uh, as well as quite a few other locals, some folks that have many, many awards, uh, an Oregon distillery that has something like uh, 17 awards across the country and nine internationally. Uh, nice. So we've got some really good stuff coming. We're just trying to play catch up now. I'm going to say probably about two weeks from when this episode releases. Okay, so actually that might be pretty darn close to when this one releases. 
releases. Um, I think this one should be releasing somewhere around August first or so. Yeah, so that sounds about right. Yeah, so, so <laughs> if you're listening to this now, if it's not already available, uh, it should be very, very soon. Yeah, and it's going to be at uh, either barrelagepodcast.com. Probably we're going to also mirror it at boostboostbbq.com slash barrelagepodcast. Okay, nice. So uh, definitely, again, I highly recommend go check it out. In the interim, though, uh, and I just realized that one of the things I uh, were, eh, I don't know, half-ish to third-ish of the way in here, and usually where we start with is your history and or relationship with alcohol. Now, I think we covered a little bit of that, of what you're doing right here, but I always like to dig and kind of find out, because everybody comes at it from their own background experience and, and whatever, so I always find it interesting to kind of find out what yours is. Yeah, it's a little bit of an odd uh, background for me, I think, because I really never got into alcohol. I feel like a lot of times people will at least try something when they're in high school or they'll get into college or something like that. And, you know, I, I tried a few things when I was in college, but I didn't like the flavor of virtually anything that I was drinking. Now, granted, it was all Coors and, you know, racks and 40s and that sort of thing. Yeah, the cheap stuff you can get at the liquor store because you're in college, and so you buy the cheapest stuff that you get you the drunkest. Exactly, exactly. And I just, I didn't like any of it, and so I thought, well, I must not like alcohol. The same way it went for, you know, whiskey or vodka or whatever. I just thought, well, this stuff is horrible. And, and that's the only experience I ever had with alcohol. But everything changed when I met someone that had some good, and, and actually this might be why I have an affinity for dark beer now, but they had a, a really nice organ made stout. And I mean, we're talking, this must have been 16, 17 years ago. Okay. Because I'm uh, 35, so yeah, yeah, something like that. I was I was on in my years. I'm a real tight wad anyways. Uh, so I, I just, I don't know, I wasn't interested in, in booze because I, I thought it all tasted bad. I, I grew up in a restaurant, is the thing. My parents started a pizza restaurant when I was 11 years old. And it's not like I had the most eclectic palate in the world, mm -hmm. but I could cook and I know what I like. So this cheapo stuff, it just it just didn't taste good. And it's I just, not doing it for you, right? And no, so you're yeah. wasting money on something you don't like. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. I can waste plenty of money on my own on other stuff. Yep. But uh, like I said, someone had some some very nice craft uh, local stout that I tried, and I was like, whoa, this is not a rack of hams. This is something entirely different. Yeah, I love a good stout. So just out of curiosity too, because similar, the very similar experience for me, and, and I think for most people, you're you're going along, all of a sudden you hit that drink, that all of a sudden light bulb goes off. This is why people drink beer, out, you know, whiskey, whatever it's going to be. So do you remember what that was? Yeah, it was. Maybe. <laughs> Ooh, I thought I had it and I just lost it. Okay. Yeah, and, and I just know for me, and, and it's several people, that's burned into your brain. That's like, this was the drink that changed my, my life. But it looks like uh, you had it and uh, tip of the tongue and now it's gone. Yeah, the only one that's sticking out in my mind now is the first beer that I actually went and bought for myself. And it was one of those uh, Samuel, uh, what is that brand called? Samuel no, 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 no. It's, the, it's that British brand. They have foil around the top a lot of times. They have like the banana bread beer some other ones like okay. that. You'll know exactly what I'm talking about if you look at it. Probably your listeners are screaming at their speakers right I now. I guarantee this you. This is a brand right here. <laughs> it was one of their stouts. 
that was the first one that I thought, I'm going to actually go and spend money on it. I want to enjoy drinking. Right. It sounds kind of ridiculous to say now, but when you're broke, college students scraping pennies together, and especially because I had a street racing habit at the time. And so every <laughs> last dime I had was going into my car. Yep. And so spending it on this stuff, it just seemed like a waste, especially when my buddies would be bringing it over all kinds of stuff. I mean, that was the currency back then. They wanted me to work on their cars. It's like bring over beer that I didn't like, and so I didn't drink. Yeah, so they got to drink the beer they brought exactly. while you worked on their car. That's a good deal for them. It was a great deal for them. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, those defining moments don't really stick out in my mind, to be honest, because I've tried to stay pretty open-minded ever since then. Well, and that's good, and that's not a bad thing, not bad at all. And so now you're, you've, you've definitely moved very much into the field. So what are you, just randomly here, what are you drinking now? What are your, what is your go-tos? Ooh, I don't know if I have any go-to. So let me tell you what I have in my, uh, my beer aging cellar, a.k.a. the bottom rack of my pantry. Okay. <laughs> um, I have got a whole lineup of Deschutes beers, uh, the Abyss. Uh, they made two anniversary beers this year. I have both of those. Um, one of them is a Black Butte 31. One of them is the um, Black Cubed, I think is what it's called. And I have a Schmaltz Brewing. Schmaltz Brewing, they're not shut down, but they've changed owners. And so they're not making the same kind of stuff that they used to. But if anybody knows Schmaltz Brewing, they know that those beers are going to be real hard to find to come real soon. matter of fact, I regret drinking all the ones that I had seller before but, but you I don't know that right you no yeah. you don't have any idea i oh just recently popped open a firestone walker parabola from 2011 that everybody kept telling me oh that's just going to be terrible like it's just going to be beer vinegar at this point mm. no popped open it was beautiful it was no. delicious yeah no, no that said you said a beer seller which i've never heard before oh i'm just yeah and you're talking about aging these a little bit yeah i mean i that's something i haven't heard of so is there any, any wisdom to that, or is that just you oh, yeah. happen to have some that, oh, then please do tell. No, 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 the, the cellar aging of the beer, it's a great way to let the flavors develop. Some beers will get more mild. Some beers will have different flavor profiles that will come out. If a beer is super hoppy, uh, a lot of times you can store it. And, and actually, there might even be some people who have seen this if they have a real hoppy beer that they've forgotten about or rolled underneath with the uh, shelf in their, in their garage or whatever. Um, and then they pop it open, there's like these little floaties in the bottom. Mm -hmm. And they're wondering, what is that? A lot of times that's the hop oil that is kind of recongealed. That's not the right word for it. But, but the molecules have basically come back together and fallen out of the beer. That's like the sediment in wine over time. Exactly. It all just kind of, okay. Now, how long is, I mean, is this a year, two years, five years? Sure, yeah. Sure, I mean, yeah. A, a beer, you, they say you really shouldn't go over like six years on a beer. That's why my eight-year-old grabbed this is a horrible idea. You need to drink that thing instantly. Generally speaking, though, the higher the alcohol content on a beer, the more ageable, if that's a word, it's going to be. So something like, um, you're, you're really liking this chocolate Casanova, right? Oh, yeah. That chocolate Casanova is probably, if not my favorite, top three of the eight that we're tasting. This is 8.6% alcohol. If you had a sealed bottle of this, not a growler, but, you know, a sealed bottle from the factory, you could shelf this for 18 months, and I bet it would develop into all kinds of different flavors. I wouldn't keep it much longer than that because 8.6 is a little low for alcohol. And it doesn't have very much in the way of hops in it, and hops are preservative. 
So there are factors you need to consider with that, right? But all things considered, I think this would sit on the shelf for 12 to 18 months and, and taste just as good, but in a very different way. Okay, now first of all, on the way out of here, I gotta see if they have that in bottles somewhere. Or cans. Or cans, either way. And second of all, this is um, honestly mind-blowing a little bit for me, and I'm learning a ton here. Here's what I go back to, is the whole, I think it was the Budweiser thing or whatever, where they're like, the freshness date, right? And we right. get it to you as soon as possible, so it's the freshest possible beer. So for beer, I, again, with the limited Mm -hmm. knowledge and experience that I have coming into this, I'd always thought fresher is better. So to hear that aging beers is a thing to a degree, I mean... Yeah, certain beers for sure. Yeah, I, um, this is this is awesome and, and new to me and I may have to uh, start exploring this a little bit. When I had Ryan McVeigh from Azama Brewing on my show, he talked a little bit about this very thing. He talked about how if he could, he would be pouring people one of his beers straight out of the tank. He wants it to be absolutely as fresh as it possibly can be because it was brewed in such a way where all of the floral notes, all of the flavors, the uh, orange rind that's in it, all of those things, he wants you to taste all of those and within like two weeks they start to dissipate. And that was his one lament over this otherwise very good beer. Now, you get something like, uh, he has some barrel-aged beers that uh, are made with, uh, well, I won't get into too much detail because I know you're a little short on time at this oh, point. All good. But we'll take whatever time we need. Oh, perfect. I love to hear that. So, since you said that, <laughs> Brettomyces, it's it's a type of um, bacteria that can grow in like, oak barrels. Uh, more often than not, it's known for ruining beers and wines. But in some cases, you get a brett that propagates and it has a good flavor to it. It's yeast, right? And so they discovered a barrel that he'd started to, to turn, but um, he reserved a little bit of that wild yeast, uh, basically, and he started refining it and propagating it, and it turned into something that has a very unique and fun flavor. So he has a barrel that he ages certain beers in that get a very nice, and I don't mean funky like a cheese funk, but they kind of get this sourness, a little bit of an earthy note, but, but this entirely unique flavor that's very, very good, something like that, you put it in a bottle and you let it sit, it's just going to develop into all kinds of crazy flavors. Interesting. But no, I'm interested in trying that. And, and I'm thinking as we're, as we're talking here, we, uh, listeners, you may, you may need to look forward to some kind of a uh, episode on aging beer here. We'll have to get somebody who knows what they're talking about. Most definitely. And, uh, and spend some time on that. Because again, that's, that's kind of, for me, again, mind-blowing. That's, and I am seriously only scratching the surface. I'm by no way an expert. Yeah, and that's what I'm thinking. I mean, we need to we need to spend some time on this because I'm intrigued to the point where I want to do some experiments like I've done uh, with wine now, where mm -hmm. I've got different vintages of the same wine and or take the same wine and I drink it and I'll buy several bottles and I'll drink one now, I'll drink another in six months, another six months, another mm -hmm. six months, just so I can experience it as it ages. I think that would be really fun to do with beer. You Californians. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, I, I know I'm an implant here, and, and that, that no, we're happy that California um, <laughs> piece with me. Yes, I, I agree. Yeah, that's, that's that was a very Californian thing to say, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, I wish I could do that, honestly. I'd love to be able to buy a case of wine and then have the restraint to be able to say, ah, I'm not going to get any more of that out for six months. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I've kind of almost 
I have forced myself into that, but it's a lot easier now because I, I might have a minor addiction. Um, I know I'm not as bad as many other people, but my, my wine cellar at this point is, uh, I mean, it's well over 250 bottles. Wow. Yeah. So it's pretty serious. man. It is. And I've, I, I was edging up on 300 and I kind of all of a sudden realized I may need to <laughs> trim that back because there's no way I'm going to drink all this. Well, I guess there is a way I'll drink all this wine, but not if I keep buying it at the rate that I'm, I am because I'm buying it faster than I'm drinking it. Yeah. You'll have to take a year off and just work through it. <laughs> and I have, I've tried, well, let me put it this way. Every time I say that, I am, but I just, um, and I and I've, I say I've gotten better, but I just brought a case. I was down in Sonoma, um, uh, uh, Papa Pietro, uh, Perry Wineries, yeah. a couple other places, and, and you can't be in Sonoma and not come back with a case of wine. No, of course not. Um, you know, it's like coming to the Willamette Valley here in Oregon and not leaving with a case of wine. Oh, and I did that. When I, when I looked at, when it, actually, when I looked at moving up here, one of the first things I did was hit Willamette Valley. Uh, and I went back to California, I, I believe it was two cases of wine. Um, mm-hmm. And then now that I'm here, it's, you know, I've got a lot of that in my cellar. It's so funny, man. I was, I did a swap cast with a, a fella. He's a chef in Chicago. But it was so funny when we were talking because he was like, you're in Oregon, right? And I said, yeah. And he's like, you don't know anything about the Willamette Valley wines? And I was like, of course, dude. Yeah, I, <laughs> I live here and I go to wineries all the time around here. He's actually flying out here for a vacation because he and his wife want to do a winery splash brewery tour through the Pacific Northwest. You know, and that's what's amazing about this area. I mean, I'm not saying that there's not some great breweries in Northern California, um, and there really are in some areas. Yeah, Lost Coast, Lagunitas, I, I love both of those. Yeah, yeah, but it's, it's, you can't get the same quality wine tour and quality beer tour mm-hmm. there that you can here. And, and now there's so many more distilleries here as well. Um, yeah. So, I mean, you could really hit all three, in, a, in my opinion, in a much smaller space, a lot less driving than you would be able to do maybe anywhere else i don't know i would have to agree i would have to agree i mean you're going to be hard pressed to find the same thing going on here and i mean i hate to say it but that's why that's why you have such large populations on the coast there's just so much more you can do here oregon is obviously a very different climate than california was for you but we're still able to do a lot of agriculture here. yeah yeah no it is it is unique and and you can't look at it, and I think this is very important wherever you go. Um, you can't look at, you know, Willamette Valley is never going to be a replacement for Napa Valley, mm-hmm. right? Um, just like Napa Valley is never going to be a replacement for the Bordeaux region of France, which mm-hmm. is never going to be a replacement for Italy, you know, someplace, you know, name a region in Italy. Um, everything and by is, the way, those aren't, you know, one, two, three, four, and five. Those are just interchangeable. They're not, they can't replace each other because they're all so unique. Definitely, and that, that exactly where I was going with that is that, that each has to be taken on its own exactly. um, and for its own merits um, because, and, and you can't go into any one, I think, with any preconceptions. And if there's anything I've learned doing this, that's definitely one of them. All right, so we've been talking for a little while here, and this has been a great conversation, but I have a feeling we're going to need to two-part this one. It's never short when you're talking to me. I'm sorry. No, never apologize. It's a good <laughs> thing. Um, I, it's great. So... Until next time, again, tune in a week from now. And until then, you can visit us at theunsophisticatedpalette.com. And then we've got me. I'm over at pardonmyfork.com slash podcast, where you can go directly to the podcast. The Barrel Age podcast is going to be at barrelagepodcast.com. And, of course, all the related social media is just at pardonmyfork, at barrelagepodcast. You can find me on Facebook and Instagram. 
Excellent. So reach out, and until next week, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.